Welcome back to the Voice of Hope. Today we're going to have a guest on the show. His name is Matthew Lemke. He was on the Voice of Hope Facebook page live uh, three days ago, and this is his interview um, that we had had that day I had interviewed him. He's going to tell his journey with Kiari Malformation and give you some information on what his experience was like. And uh, so as you listen to this, please share and spread awareness. And, uh, you know, it helps get the awareness out there, helps people understand uh, what Kiari Malformation is all about. Thank you for joining. Yes, ma'am. Well, welcome, everybody. Uh, This is Matthew Lemke, and he's going to tell us his journey with Kiari Malformation. And um, Matthew, I'd like to start out by asking you, how did you first find out that you had Kiari Malformation? Um, Well, my uh, whole life, pretty much 23 years, um, about 22, I lived with, um, basically, I called it my gimpy leg. I couldn't put my heel all the way down to the ground, my right heel, and um which then it got worse and then i got um a shortness of breath to where the shortness of breath became every day all day long and i kind of went through the whole step that most of kiari people go through is that they go try to find uh answers from these local doctors and i searched for a really long time trying to get these answers and i got every diagnosis in the book um i got like asthma, anxiety, uh, tightened hamstring, tightened hip, twisted hip. Um, I just had gotten every single diagnosis and not the right one. And I eventually kind of gave up on trying to find answers until to the point to where I couldn't breathe. Um, I had a really, really bad um, breathing attack, I guess if you want to call it, one day. And I was like, okay, I need to go see a specialist. And when we went to go see the specialist, um, he did an MRI. He actually was about to blow me off as well. He was going to tell me that I had a tightened ankle cord and that I might have had just some asthma. But uh, God kind of was working through him that day. And he said, you know, just to be on the safe side, um, we're going to get a full MRI scan of your back. And we actually found uh, a syrinx cyst inside of my spinal cord that was connected to my brainstem and went halfway down my back. And he actually told us that day that this was the largest spinal cord he had ever seen in his practice. And then he said that he was pretty sure he knew what it was, but he wouldn't say what he thought it was. And then that's when I got my brain scan and then got diagnosed with Chiari. And that's, well, we didn't know it was a syrinx cyst at first. We We just saw it as a mass is all it was. And then we found out it was Kiari. So, wow! Can you can you explain to people who are not familiar with what uh, a serenic cyst is in um, when you have Kiari? Yeah, it's uh the serenic cyst is pockets of spinal fluid that are trying to get past the cerebellum tonsils. And so the way that I always explain it to people, um, whenever I explain to the serenic cyst, it was basically my skull was like a water droplet um it was like a uh a faucet dripping 
slowly into my spinal cord and then it was all these spinal fluid pockets trapped and that's when the that's how i explain it to people is what the cyst is is spinal fluid trying to go through and it i actually have not seen um yet somebody else that has a syrinx cyst in my size it's actually pretty alarming how large it was and whenever i tell people about it i'm telling them that god literally had my back because my the, the size of my steering cyst, honestly, I feel like everything should have been destroyed in my spinal cord. It was so large because that's actually what a steering cyst can do is destroy the spinal canal and all the hardware, the special stuff that goes into it. Wow. Well, before Matthew goes further with his story, I'd like to welcome everyone that's watching. And if you would, share this video out. Because uh, what he's going to begin to tell you is just a remarkable story. It's very inspiring. And he's also uh, wrote a book that's going to be coming soon called Faith Over Fear. And uh, so, Matthew, after you found out that you had uh, Chiari malformation in this serenix in the condition that you were, what were the plan of actions that the doctor recommended after that? Um, well, due to the size of my spinal cord, he was very, um, alarmed that it would cause more damage. Um, and so we immediately went into decompression surgery. Um, it was, I was diagnosed August, 2015 and I had it January, 2016. Um, and I actually tried to push it back a little bit because, uh, that's a long story, but I tried to push it back and he told me no. He said that he just was so worried and he couldn't believe that I was even walking in the first place with all the, the damage that the spinal cord should have. And so we went in uh, January 5th of 2016 to do the decompression surgery. And um, we uh, uh, went to San Antonio. I'm in Victoria, Texas. San Antonio is about two hours away from me. And we went in, and I had the impression that I was going to go into surgery and um, wake up, stay overnight for about a day or two, um, go back home, rest, and go back to work. And at the time, I was working at the plant as a non-destructive tester. And um, I woke up from my surgery completely paralyzed from the neck down. And this was because they found a, uh, an arachnoid cyst growing on my brain during the surgery. The arachnoid cyst was pretty, pretty large from what I understood it as. And they went ahead and removed it. When they removed it, they had to remove some of my brain as well. And that was why I woke up paralyzed from the neck down. So after my decompression, I uh, was pretty shocked. Obviously, that was, you know, not a part of the plan of what was supposed to happen. And, you know, immediately whenever I was faced with this, it was kind of like my first time trying to figure out faith over fear. Hence the reason why I named my book Faith Over Fear. Um, I was paralyzed for about a day or two um, to where I had to be fed and everything. And once I began to regain my movement it was very spastic i couldn't control it um i actually hit myself several times because i would go to uh you know scratch my nose or scratch my ear or whatever it was and it, it wouldn't um be controlled 
I couldn't stand. I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything by myself. I was 100% dependent on everybody the whole entire time while I was in the hospital. So I was in critical ICU for a week, week and a half um, under 24-7 watch. And after I was discharged from the hospital, I went into rehab in my hometown. And that's when I got diagnosed a quadriplegic. And I knew about this word, but I didn't really know a whole lot about it at all. Um, and that was pretty scary hearing quadriplegic because anytime I've ever heard the word quadriplegic, you know, they, they stay quadriplegic. Like I, I had never heard of a quadriplegic coming out um, and, you know, basically getting, I guess, I don't know how to word that part, but, um, and so when we went into rehab, I was there for 27 days. And from what I understood that as, is that's actually really, really long for a patient to stay in a rehab facility because most of the time insurance would kick you out after about a week. And during my stay at rehab, I had problems eating. Um, I actually kind of got to the point to where I was throwing food up every single time I ate a meal. Um, when I went into surgery, I was 130, 130 pounds, and I had lost, I think it was about 30 to 40 pounds of my weight. So I was about 90 to 100 pounds, and I'm actually a very small framed guy, and so they were talking about force feeding me or giving me something that would help me eat better. And I, I, I tell people that whenever I was going through this, experience of being a quadriplegic and having to be fed and it was pretty pretty of a tough tough situation for me you know I'm a younger guy I'm, I feel like I'm supposed to be invincible like you know it was it was a hard situation to face and I kind of would I the way I explained it in my book is that I was always wrestling with God while the devil was whispering in my ear, trying to tell me that I was here because of him. And I never was angry with God, but I questioned him several times. You know, I, I always, you know, lived a life that was very uh, Christian-like, but I never had a strong relationship with him. I was basically lukewarm in my relationship with God. And so... I didn't feel like I was supposed to go through this, if that makes any sense. You know, I, it was kind of the why me situation. Um, I was not a bad person, but I wasn't, you know, a strong Christian, I guess. And so I went through a lot of that. And the one thing that I like to give advice to people that are going through rough times, especially like how I did was, is that I actually had uh, Bible verses all over my room. And the people that were with me, whenever I had a rough time, and I was either crying my eyes out or, or whatever it may be, they would remind me, point at the Bible verse. And the biggest one that was really, really helpful for me was Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, And that was that for God has plans for you, not to harm you, to prosper you, plans for hopes and a future. And I loved that verse because it really got me through the hardest time of my life. And in fact, the book of Jeremiah, it is all about bad stuff that happened to these people. Um, not so much what I went through, but it was more of 
it was just kind of the it was just a bad time in their life and the in time of history. And so anyway, I uh, I went through this uh, this time of trying to relearn how to you know operate again, how to do everything, how to feed myself, how to how to do daily living again. And on the twenty third day, I uh, I was done with occupational therapy. And just for some people that don't know, that's your upper extremities. So basically, occupational therapy they go through feeding how to write, how to do everything uh, for your upper extremities. And uh, I, uh, I was just sitting there, and I was sitting on this table that they moved me onto for my wheelchair. I, as clear as day, clear as day, could hear God telling me, it's time to start walking. And the craziest part about this was that the obedience that I had. And the reason why I say that is because I was 90 pounds of skin and bone and I should have been like, are you sure? Like, why, why would you do this? And, you know, I feel kind of like that the reason why I had so much obedience was just because I went through 23 days of basically hearing no all the time. You know, God was preparing me for the time that he was going to be telling me yes, because there were plenty of times that I tried to walk by myself. I tried to feed myself, and it wouldn't work because I didn't have my full eyes on God. And so whenever God told me it's time to start walking again, I said, okay, let's go. And I looked at my therapist, and I said, I don't know how to explain this to you, but it's time for me to start walking. And the other crazy part was, is, and I, uh, I really feel like the devil could have used her in this situation also. You know, the devil could have jumped into her head or her ear and just say, look, you can't be letting this guy walk. Like, this is not going to be good. And, you know, the devil could have jumped onto me and made me not want to walk. And so it just was a really crazy, beautiful moment because we both were just on the same level. And she looked at me and she said, let's go. So I stood up that day, which wasn't a surprise because I was able to stand up, but I couldn't stand up for very long. It was, my balance was zero um, and my weakness was very, very high. So I would have to sit right back down. So I stood up and I grabbed on her forearms and we just started walking that day. And the, the hardest thing about that there was a lot of hard parts was actually because like whenever i took the first step um oh my gosh i can't tell you how hard that was because the moment i took that first step all of a sudden i was out of breath i was it was hurting and the devil was throwing every single thing he had at me to you know make me quit and so we started walking and uh, and I remember it like it was yesterday that I walked into the hallway, and, and this walk was not very short. It was a very long walk. We walked into the hallway, and everybody that was walking by was clapping and, and hollering and cheering and excited to see that I was doing this. And we uh, uh, I got halfway through, and I could just remember. I could remember the wheelchair right behind me because they had to have that for there for safety. And... And I tell people whenever I share my book is that, you know, that God was just whispering in my ear. He kept saying, all you got to do is say you're tired. 
all you got to say is that you're you're hurting and you could take away that temporary pain and that temporary exhaustion just like that and like i tell people that they could apply that to their own lives you know that we're all going to be going through temporary pain we're all going to go through temporary exhaustion but we have to not fall back on our wheelchairs you know of our life you know not a physical but of our own wheelchairs and i did not i did not tell temptation yes that day I, I went ahead and I, I kept looking forward, you know, and I kept looking towards God and God just kept saying, I'm here, I'm here, keep on walking. And I made it all out of my room that day. And that was pretty crazy, um, being a quadriplegic and, and wheelchair bound and, and stuck in my bed and I had no, no weight on me. Um, and, you know, after that is the craziest part, too, is that. After that day, whenever I chose to be obedient and just listen to God and just go for it, everything started changing. I, I started eating better. Um, I started to gain weight. Uh, my my strength was starting to come back so much quicker after that. And it just it started to skyrocket from there to where I just became completely 100% dependent on my – or I became 100% independent – and a hundred percent dependent on God, and so yeah, that's that's pretty much that uh, that recovery part. And you know, I, I'm doing a whole lot right now. Um, I I it took me about it was actually I think about a year, um, and I got a job at in a warehouse. Of all places, I got a job in a warehouse <laughs> and a car dealership, and uh, that was hard. It was really hard. In fact, my I don't work there anymore full time um, because I'm going to school full time. But uh, my coworkers always loved to point out that whenever I first started that job, I could not even lift a car battery, and by the time I left, I was able to lift a car battery with no problem at all. So I, I think I, I got to inspire some of those coworkers, you know, just to show them that, you know, that God's love and his strength is, is awesome. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That's why I wanted to have Matthew on today because, um, you know, I, I pretty much, I, I, uh, try to decide who I want to have on as a guest this whole month for the Chiari awareness. And I wanted to have somebody, that um, could also tell you their journey, but could also inspire you also that, you know, they have come a distance because I know a lot of us that struggle with Chiari and are still struggling with it. Uh, nobody tells the, the, I guess you would call it the gory truth, you know, of what you're yeah. feeling. You're inside that yeah. hospital and you heard all those voices, you know, saying that, you know, no, you could just lay down and get back in that chair and it would be over, you know, and yeah. uh, a lot of uh, some of our viewers are, you know, saying, Cassie, you're so inspiring and Jennifer's saying we need to hear this, you know, and, uh, you know, thank you guys for joining and uh, share the story because there's so many that not only suffer with this condition that I suffer and Matthew suffers with and a lot of us that are watching does, but other illnesses, and they may not even be suffering with an illness, but going through a hard time. Yes. Just, 
Matthew's story that he decided to conquer this with having faith over that fear, speaking those voices inside his head, telling him. And we have that choice every day. It's all a battle in that mind. Every day, I get, I have a choice to get out of that bed. I get have a choice to stay in it. He chooses to stay over the bed. I know it could not have been easy. I know it. Oh. I can't even imagine because there was one point in my time where I was paralyzed for a little bit, and I can't imagine waking up like he was as young as he is, and uh, and to see now that he's working. And when I talked to him the other day, it made me kind of emotional because when we got off the phone, he, I said, "I'll let you go." He had to go to class, and he said, "Yeah, I'm walking to class." And that stuck in my mind. And, you know, I just like praise God for that because uh, when you've been to where you can't walk, you appreciate every step you take. You know, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I, in fact, I I made a friend. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, Matthew, he not only he goes to school, uh, he also uh, works a job. Don't you work at a, a oil refinery, or where is it that you work? Are you used to? I, uh, I oh, I used to. I used to work at a plant. Uh, I don't okay. work there anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right now, all I'm doing right now, time. And I did forget to mention uh, what what I'm going for actually, which I think is this, the most coolest part about it. I don't even know if I told you the last time we talked. But I'm actually trying to go into the physical therapy program, no. and yes, I oh, awesome. uh, I really felt awesome. pushed to go. Yes, I really felt pushed to go into the field of physical therapy because, you know, this story that God gave me, I really wanted to help other patients. You know, just through my story, I feel like as a physical therapist, you know, and if I'm giving somebody physical therapy, I'd be like. I was literally right there. You know, I was sitting right there where you're at and let's get, you know, let's do this. And I can other opportunities to share my story. And I'm attending a separate college to become a student pastor. Um, or I'm going to be a bivocational student pastor. Yes. And, um, I, I run a photography business. I, I really feel pretty gifted in that area because I, I love, I've always loved photography because I, I, I tell people that I kind of got this eye that I could see beauty in a lot of things that people don't see. And with my camera, I feel like I could be able to show people the beauty that I'm seeing, you know, that, that they might be missing because they're so focused on the negative or the focused on something that's not important. You know, it's there, but it's not important because, you know, there's so much more beauty that's in this world that we tend to totally miss. And, uh, but yeah, and I'm trying to get this book out too. <laughs> and also too, uh, his book, he's going to have coming out soon, the faith over fear. And we're so excited. And so be looking for that. And, uh, if you want to follow Matthew, uh, let them know where they can follow you the different places. Yes. Um, you can add me on Facebook. I don't mind. I, I accept everybody. Uh, you could add me in my personal Facebook, Matthew Limke. Um, and then I have a Facebook page. If you don't want to add me and you don't want to see all my other posts, I have a Facebook page, Faith Over Fear. And it's a picture of me in a red shirt. 
and you know I've got Instagram. It's Matthew Limke. You can message me and ask you know ask me where you want to um, you know follow my my updates and stuff like that. And one other question someone uh, was asking: uh, What are some of your struggles that you still struggle with today? Well, oh, that's a good question, actually. Uh, so the the biggest one that I still struggle with is actually my hands. Um, my hands are still partially paralyzed from my surgery. Um, the way I always explain it to people is that my hands are still uh, basically asleep. Um, and that's the feeling 24-7 is basically my hands are asleep. And so um, that's kind of the hardest part for me in photography now, actually, is because my proprioception is not very good anymore. So whenever I look in the viewfinder, I can't see where my finger is at, and I have to guess where the button is at. And typically, I get the button most every time, but it's that's my biggest struggle. Um, and then the typical Chiari things like headaches, feeling nausea, you know, the, all the symptoms that come with it. But as far as biggest struggle for me is my hands because it's, you know, we always use our hands. <laughs> yes. And it's amazing that he says that because if you follow Matthew, he posted just a few days ago what his, he had wrote the Lord's Prayer and what his handwriting was like about, I don't know how long back that, how long ago that back that was. Uh, and then he showed his current handwriting, right? How many yeah, years yeah. back was that? Can you tell us that story? Was, how many years? I think it was September uh 9th 2016 i think um they in whenever i got out of rehab whenever i went to outpatient rehab they uh they would actually have me write stuff and the lady was like do you are my therapist sweet lady um she asked me what do i want to write i said let's do the lord's prayer so i i remember doing the lord's prayer and that became like our practice uh for my handwriting and it was bad it was terrible and like I said in that post, I actually was to the point I couldn't even hold a pen. So just the simple fact of me holding the pen, being able to write that was just crazy. Um, and it was it was pretty bad handwriting. <laughs> but now it's it's a lot better. It's legible now. So that's great. <laughs> it's awesome because he showed his handwriting now and it was great. It was better than mine. <laughs> and, so, and he talks about his hands that are numb. I didn't know that. And. Yeah, the fact that he can write as well as he can, and he's writing a book, which yeah. requires a lot of writing, a lot of editing, and stuff like that. So yes. a lot of things. Yes. And you know, with Piari, uh, you know, sometimes we experience the brain fog and stuff, and so oh. that's a lot, yes. a big accomplishment, you know. Yes, and, yes. And I really yes. enjoyed the quote Matthew had quoted today, and I wanted to talk about this quote because. A lot of us, when we go through these struggles and, you know, we we might not always, you don't know what's going on with us when you see us. We do have a lot of scars physically, you know, if we've had surgery. Uh, but while he made a quote, and it really was so hit home so hard about, uh, can you uh, say that quote? I can't remember it. It's talking about being broken. It was that... Chronic illness uh, creates broken warriors, and then it turns into uh, God creates it into masterpieces. Yeah, yeah. that's 
I, I always said that you know that we're we're a masterpiece. Us, us you know people that are going through chronic illnesses. It's it's just how I see it. <laughs> and I love that because that's why I created the Voice of Hope. Uh, just like you see the rose up there, the dark red is a, a symbolization of a hidden treasure. And we're all hidden treasures, no matter what oh, we're going yeah. through, no matter how broken you are, even if it's emotionally or any problem you may be going through. But through God, we can turn out to be this wonderful masterpiece, even through our struggles, even through those oh, days yeah. we feel like, you know, we just don't want to face the world and, you know, just go out and do anything if you're just in a bad mindset you know if we can just keep pushing past that then you know yes. god can show his glory through us i always oh, say yeah. if, if i'm in a lot of pain and i make it through a day without you know biting somebody's head off i'm doing good <laughs> yes <laughs> it's hard it's hard when you deal with chronic oh, pain and i, oh, I really yeah. enjoyed that you know post that he posted because it's you don't see that you're any kind of masterpiece when you're going through this. Yeah. And it took me many, many years to come out and tell my story. I was telling Matthew, it took me years. And uh, for us to get out and just, you know, tell other people really what we went through and life's not perfect. We have faith, but we're still going through these things. Oh, yes, ma'am. You know? Yes, ma'am. It was so inspiring. I can't wait to read your book and see yeah. what else comes. So, yeah. But uh, I want to thank everyone for joining. Oh, let's see. Uh, we had a viewer. She asked, do you care for yourself completely now? Are you able to drive? Are you living on your own? Um, I am not living on my own. I had to go back to my parents' house. Um and it wasn't so much that I couldn't be on my own. It was more of the finance part because I couldn't afford uh, an apartment. The the fact, I mean, uh, uh, I can actually do everything by myself. The only thing that I really do struggle with that I have to ask for help sometimes is buttoning my buttons. Um, and most of the time it's my top buttons that I have to do because, you know, we have those messed up necks that we can't really bend down or look over too long and then we start getting dizzy or nauseated so sometimes i have to ask for help uh for those top buttons but everything else i i can drive fine uh everything is full on uh, independent again that's awesome <laughs> that's awesome yeah. well i i would like to thank you so much for coming on today it's an honor to have you on here and i, I really you. appreciate I you sharing our story you well. you. I appreciate you sharing our story because I know it's not always easy to, you know, oh, tell. It's not. <laughs> but see, and I, I, I try to encourage everybody, you know, share your story, share, share it, share it, share it. That was a book is that, you know, I tell people that like, yes, you can share your story a thousand times, but maybe you're only going to reach one person out of that thousand times and that's still you're doing your job you know in fact i've even shared my story a few times to somebody just like all right cool whatever and i'm like did you not just hear what i said i was paralyzed like why are you not you know inspired by this but uh um uh, but yeah that was that was a struggle for me when i first started sharing my story to understand that i'm not gonna touch everybody i'm not gonna touch everybody 
that, and I want people to be encouraged and not let that discourage you from sharing your story. You know, I, I think that our stories are a gift from God, and I don't want to take it for granted at all. So, and this is, um, this book is not the end of it. I'm going to be doing a lot more. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, I love what you said. Uh, our guest that we had last weekend, she said the same thing, Cassie Bison. She shares her story with everyone, too. Everyone that will listen. And that is, you know, my purpose for creating the Voice of Hope. We're all voices of hope to someone. Whether you're able to, yes. you know, come out publicly and tell your story or you're not able to do that. Wherever you are at, if it's at your job, yes. it's at your uh, doctor's office, at the grocery store, you don't. There's someone out there you can be a voice of hope to that I could oh, reach yes. because they're in your presence. Yes. So I love yes. that. You know, that every guest I'm having on here, they they reach out to others yeah. and they tell their stories because. Yes, they all helped yes. me come out and create this show for you guys to tell your stories. So yes. that's what it's all yes. about is spreading hope to yeah. everybody. You know, I'm so oh, yeah. you don't listen. Yeah. You know? I've learned, too, that people don't understand sometimes unless they've walked in your shoes, unless they've experienced what you've experienced, and they, don't, they take for granted the physical body that they have that's working. You know, and yeah. sometimes they don't, you know, appreciate the story you're telling because they ain't been there. You know, just like something they you're, may be going through, I may not have experienced. So I have to learn to relate. Yeah. You know, I'm getting better at that, too. So, yes, well, I want yes. to thank you again for coming on. I really was so inspired by your story. And go follow Matthew. It's Matthew Lemke, L-E-M-K-E, on Facebook. And then also uh, you'll see his book on there. And when it does come out to purchase, I'm sure he's going to be posting that. And oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we want to see that. We're excited to see your book. <laughs> and then uh, his photography company, isn't it Lemke, L-E-M-K-E, photography? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, it is. Go like that page. And uh, he lives in Texas. So I know we might have a few viewers there that's in Texas. If you need some photography, give him a call. I've seen some of his work on there, and it is it's beautiful. And knowing it Thank comes you. in his card, too. If he's here, I would want you to do some work for me. <laughs> so, because you, when he talks about that, I love photography, too, the way he wants to capture those moments that mm -hmm. see the beauty in everything. Oh, and, yeah. You know, that that's really important and just appreciating the everyday life, you know. Yes, so go check him out, you know, at uh, his Facebook page or Lemke Photography. And uh, also look for his book. Uh, I know you're going to be excited. So I want to oh, thank so you for you guys. Is there anything else you would like to talk about or tell us before we leave? Um. Well, I will. I will say this: that I we talked about it before. I am. I want to let everybody know I'm working on a second book, but I'm not letting everybody know what it is about yet. And it's going to be really, really awesome. Uh, we'll we'll probably release what it's about once the first book is out. 
Um, I have a co-author helping me with the second book, so I wanted everybody to be excited for that because it's going to be really, really cool. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm just so excited. I can't wait. <laughs> and there's other things to come, so I'm not giving anything away. So, <laughs> But there's yep. other things to come that Matthew is working on. You're going to be amazed. So go follow him. Check him out. And you'll see when he starts posting things that's coming out. And uh, I know you're just going to continue to be inspired. So I'm glad you joined us to listen to Matthew Lemsky and tell his Kiari malformation journey. And it's very inspiring, too, that the fact that he didn't let fear stop him. So whatever you may be going through in your life, just remember to just keep moving forward and just keep the faith and fight those voices that are going on in your head, you know, telling you that you can't do this just to give up. It's not worth the fight. Let your faith be stronger than your fear. So just think about that as you listen to this.
told you today, you are so loved. So get out there and spread some hope. Until next time, bye-bye.